The chapter ends with a letter to Detozi and Eric from a third beekeeper. Ooh. <laughs> it's a fucking narc named Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 65, The Dragon Keeper, chapters 5 through 9, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, and I'm very much a new reader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Elena, I'm also a new reader. Okay, first up, corrections, omissions, announcements... Uh, the illustrated edition of Assassin's Quest is now available. How do I know this? Because I've gotten 48 text messages from Amazon updating my delivery date. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm always I, one it, book behind. I still need to get um, Royal Ass because I only bought mm. the first one so far. But Royal Ass has got that good, good illustration in it. Yeah, I got paid today, so maybe I'll treat myself. <laughs> treat yourself. It's like 30 bucks. Treat yourself. I, I ordered mine, but I have no idea when it's coming because I didn't pay attention. Apparently never. Never. It, it. I think the last time I checked it, it said I was getting mine on the 25th of March. Uh, also, in our last episode, this one's actually a correction, which is very rare. So listen up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never wrong. Don't quote us. In our last... <laughs> In our last episode, Eli revealed which episode was the one that we spliced together uh, from not two, but three different recording events. But in so doing, he misnumbered the episode. It's actually episode 22, Ship of Magic, chapters 16 through 20. So the secret is finally revealed. Really? Yes. I figured as much because have... we started recording in like July or August and your birthday isn't until February. And I was like, there's no way we only did 10 episodes. I think them. I think maybe I'm I mixed up two different terrible events. <laughs> so there's the we're sloppy drunk. There's okay. the episode. There's there's the episode where my recording stopped halfway through and then I had to re-record myself and splice it in. Yes, well, that's Rachel two. spliced it in. Yeah, that was and I believe that I only believe this because I found it on my Google Drive and it says uh, episode 10, the remastered edition. So I believe that's <laughs> my second take at that. I think what you're referring to is episode 22 where we fucked up really bad and I went to bed early in the middle because I was schwasty. <laughs> And Ashley did not record anything because she was using some ghetto app on her phone. Whatever. I paid for that shit. It was supposed to be top tier. Also, uh, we did get mail today from Christine that just says, yes, in celebration of us finally starting the Rain Wild Chronicles. The Rain Wilds Chronicles? That's harder to say. Rain Wilds Chronicles. Yeah. How much apricot brandy have you had? A lot. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, we're all, you know, we're all, and by we're all, I mean me sitting here thinking through the grammatics. It's the Rainwild River, but they refer to the area as the Rainwilds. So I guess it's not just a chronicle of going up the Rainwild River, then. It's a chronicle of the entire area. Yes, and it's difficult to say when you put that S on the end of wild. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like courts martial. It just doesn't sound right, even if it's technically correct. It's wild, see all. It's we could wild. just continue to call them the Dragon Books, and then the Dragon fine. Books, Book One, Dragon you know, it was Super Book, the Boat Books, and now we're at the Dragon Books. Mm-hmm. That perfect. makes sense. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start it. Uh, who's got Chapter Five? Uh, that would be me. Uh, chapter Five: Blackmail and Lies. Um, so, we start with uh, my new bestie, Leftrin, and he is watching a Chalcedian merchant uh, slow row some inventory up to the boat because he's like, uh, I'm not leaving my barge. You can come to me if you want me to buy your shit and you got to prove that it's good. And as somebody who used to work in food, warehousing and distribution, like I approve of this methodology, like prove, you know, prove your good intent by doing the work for me, motherfucker. Like what's up? So Leftrin, I guess I, I forgive the, uh, Forgive the shadiness with the ship. He loves his barge. He loves Tarman. Okay, I'm into it. Um, so this is a, a Chalcedian trader named Synod Erich. Eric? I don't know. Arich? I don't know how to say Chalcedian names. But anyway, he uh, he comes off as kind of, you know, an honest merchant type. But he slowly reveals himself to be more and more of a Kyle. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, then drops this wonderful little bomb on Les- Leftrin that, hey, the Archduke of Chalced is like the Kyle to end all Kyles, and he's basically threatening my family and the family of all the other merchants if we can't manage to trade for the thing that he wants, which is, you know, uh, dried up dragon dick to like cure all of his ills. <laughs> so. Pizzle um, my nizzle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. He basically uh, tells Leftrin, so last time I was in town, I spent my money on information rather than goods, and I heard some something-something about you doing something-something to fix up your something-something barge, and you're going to take me up this something-something river, and, uh, you know, I'm going to make some something-something deals. And Leftrin's sort of like, um, fuck, this is not good. Uh, but the guy had some legit, like, good grain and barley that he brought, so at least that part of him seems to be honest and on the up and up. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting uh, plot twist. The Chalcedians are now, like, totally committed to getting upriver to uh, to find some dragons. And then we move to Elise, and she is um, recovering from a really terrible night with uh, her own personal Kyle. Um, And Hest has become more and more detestable. Detestable? I don't know. He's awful, um, and more awful, and more awful. Um, And he's, uh, you know, we get a quick recap of all the ways that, like, a normal human being who is seeking to bond with, you know, their partner of convenience, uh, that she tried to be a good wife and tried to make him happy and tried to like find some shred of affection for him within herself and get some back from him. And he just rejected it like an asshole um, because he clearly sees her not as a person 
but as just property and a convenience. And did I mention he's an asshole? Because he's an asshole. Um, so she's basically talking about to herself how um, his uh, um, in his infidelity, which has become obvious to her. He's got this cute little, you know, cottage in the three ships area. And last night he was wearing a ring that she's never seen before and isn't to his taste. And, um, you know, she found some expensive lotion that was uh, charged to his account that she didn't buy. <laughs> and, you know, she's doing the math here. And she's like, he's got another woman in his life, this motherfucker. And so she confronts him with it about... A moisturized woman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a, well, a well-moisturized woman. Um <laughs> And so she confronts him about it at the breakfast table, and he basically looks to his friend Cedric and says, um, Cedric, back me up here, bro. Like, that's your getaway cabin for when I've taken you out socializing too much and you need a few days of peace. And, like, that's your lotion. You bought it for your mom, right? And, oh, that was your ring. You just you got drunk and left it on the table, right, bro? Right? And Cedric's, like, you know, about to die. And he's <laughs> like, look. Cedric's your old friend. He won't lie to you, Cedric. Be completely honest with her and answer my very specific question. Is there or has there ever been another woman in my life? Cedric can honestly answer, no, there has Mm -hmm. not. Um, so yeah, then, um, we get, you know, poor Elise running from the room in humiliation, thinking, oh God, I was so terribly wrong. How could I accuse my husband of... Of this and all I could hear in my mind was like that new chick song Gaslighter because you're a fucking liar, denier, gaslighter. Um, I hate Hest. Murder him. Um, <laughs> wrong podcast, but that's who I'm going to fucking murder. All right. Uh, except maybe not because then we flip over to the dragons and our, our friend Centara is um, out staring at the stars. I'm kind of a girl after my heart. Like I, I feel it. I like it, you know trying to get clean she can't get the mud off it's awful and um you know everything's awful the dragons are still like deformed they never grew properly none of them are really like capable they can't fly uh dentaglia's gone most of them have eaten each other like at least not alive so there's that um and (laughs) she's you know dreaming about like past dragon lives where they got to mate in the sky and it was amazing and then like flashing back to like one of the times some inept deformed little weakling tried to mount her and it was like i'm not gonna say what it was like it was terrible um it's just terrible i don't like dragon rape any better than i like people rape and um at least we do get some confirmation that our old friend malka um malkin survived his name is now uh melkor no, Merkor, sorry. Milkor? And he's basically... Cool, close. Right. Yeah, so Merkor is still the, uh, the, the leader of the dragons and um, basically talking about dreaming and how important it is. And I quote, useless perhaps, but nonetheless, we do speak of it and some of us still dream of it, just as some of us still dream of flying and killing our own meat and battling for mates. Some of us dream of living. You do not want to sleep, Kahlo. You want to die. So there's more for telling it like it is and basically say, trying to rally everybody to a new dream. Like, hey, this place fucking sucks. We should, like, go find Kelsingra. And maybe it's still there and maybe it's not, but it's got to be better than here where we're just kind of waiting around to die. So 
in my grand tradition of taking the longest chapter <laughs> to recap, there we are. Double rape. Oh. It was great. Yeah, I was yeah. wasn't that wasn't that wasn't that just So I do enjoy the fact that we have perhaps some of our faves have made it through. I think a, a a dragon with eyes down the side who's you know, knows some shit seems very much Likes good lecture. Yep, likes it yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Took four years to figure out that this place sucks and they should move on. <laughs> Definite, definitely Malkin vibes there. Uh, so that that's cool. That's nice. I like that Malkin. You know, because it, it was really disheartening in the live ship books, especially for me when uh, She Who Remembers dies. It's yes. just like, but yeah. she's been through so much. Like, why would you do that to me? <laughs> why would you kill her? So, yeah. Important. Yeah. It is. I'm still worried about Shriver, and uh, I, I feel like one of the other two big ones that either the one that was arguing with Mal- with Mercor or the other one hanging out with him that was also big. I feel like that's the the other one that we saw because it was Shriver and yeah, because he had a he had a, a C name. He had a C name. Uh, and yeah, no, or another S name. Yeah, it was. And he was also like a blue color. Yeah, like the like the big blue one from the previous. It'd be really a lot more convenient if they kept their own canon. Yeah. I think it really makes sense, though, because it sounds like the um, like the dragon memories are pretty dormant while they're serpents, and then the serpent memories are pretty dormant while they're dragons. Yes, but I need so easy it's identification. Almost like, it's almost like you're a different person. Really. It is. I think they are different people, and it's like, it's like the job of the serpent is to survive and, like, do, you know, and migrate or whatever it is that they do. And that's a completely different, maybe even traumatic for a dragon to remember that part of their life mm. because they can't fly. They can't. Well, they can't fly know. now either. Well, again, they're like, it's like they're in, um, it's like they're in. <laughs> She's like, we're huddling Stop together the wound. Wound and that's what dirty serpents do. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're not, they're neither a serpent, they're not full dragon. They're in this weird, like, purgatory existence and, you know. It sucks. Also, it's muddy and crappy, and it they're sounds doing, awful. The fact that they've like, been garbage. dealing with this for four years already, I'm like, fuck that. Like that's those they're moments in, like, where you're like, life zoo. has to be more than this. I was not put on this planet in this universe to have this be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like the ones that have any intelligence at all, or like other than Mercor, like the other guy is like basically resigned to death. Yeah. There's. The, I looked it up. There's <laughs> Sestikin is the other one. I think we were thinking of. So Sestican, Ranculus, and Mercor are mentioned. These are the mm. worst names. What is what was the big blues? <laughs> Ranculus is an amazing name. What are you Ranculus talking about? Ranculus is red. Before. I think okay, is, is terrible. <laughs> and then there's Kahlo is the other one. So Kahlo's fine. Sestican is a pretty terrible name. Ranculus. Ranculus. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the legwork of searching for our serpent name. So give me a, I'll pop that in when I've what, got it. What Sasuria? Oh, thank you. You remembered. Yeah. No, 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 no. Caesarea was one of the main right. ones. Yeah, which right. Yeah, Caesarea and Shriver and yeah, and Malkin were the the main ones. Yeah. So if Malkin which was is turned about? into Murkor, then maybe Caesarea turned into Sestikin. Probably, yeah. Kalaro. Is that Kalo? Yeah, that's Kalo. Is that so? Is that 
Okay. Maybe. Kalaro was a big, was one of the like siege engine of a serpent <laughs> I had that was like smashing the boats. Kalaro so smash. Hollow, because he's Kalo. the angry one that's like, make the fool be silent. So that would make sense. He just wants to I... sleep or die. He's just trying to fucking yeah. sleep, man. He's tired. So he's we just... just need an update on Shriver then. They all have very deep depression. They're living in a mud pit. <laughs> they're hungry. They're deformed. They have dreams about what their lives could have, should have been, but they're just stuck, trapped here. Like, fuck that shit. If I was them, I would have murdered every fucking human that came here. Thinking that they're like, they come out of the cocoon thinking they're like a prince, yeah, or a queen. I am or the a, greatest, you know? the most glittering. And they're like, "Fuck, <laughs> your toenail." Uh, what else did we cover? Oh, so the big embarrassing uh, reality TV moment. <laughs> You mean when poor Elise? Gay, 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 gay. <laughs> he identifies an affair, but with the wrong. I know, thing. and he's like, "A woman? Why? No, I have not been cheating on you with a woman. Not a woman. No women here. Not a woman." He hides his extremely moisturized hands. The gay sweat. Yeah, that. I mean, one. Horror, like, why, I know that she feels bad for doing it in front of Cedric because it's like, you know, you don't fight. Like, but also, really, you, did you really forget he existed? Like, you just took him, he's furniture. You're gonna accuse your husband of cheating on you in front of the help? Like, who he's cheating on you with? Yeah, who he's cheating on you with. <laughs> Poor Cedric right. is just like, oh no, she knows the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god that 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 chapter was or that part of the chapter was just awful like all of it was awful the fact that cedric is such a fucking not cedric um hest hest is such a fucking gaslighter that like he managed to convince her that she was the one in the wrong for that yes like, i just well oh i also god. like looking I, i'm also like trying to put myself in like cedric's point of view where it's like okay up until that moment what had happened Oh, he probably had like a great night with Hest, and Hest was like mm. super romantic, and like even they exchanged rings and were wearing rings and just kind of being like lovey. And then like he goes into dinner, and it's like fuck you, you know. That that's like the level of like high and guilt in like that like twelve hour period. Yeah, Cedric deserves better. He, he does. He I does. think he does. Yeah, but also he's shitty for. Around. I mean, it's oh yeah, like yeah, there are. It's well, it's like you I mean, know, he, but it was his idea to marry his boyfriend off to yeah. another, you know, to a woman. Yeah, so. I mean, well, but he, he didn't really mean it. Oh right, it well, was a joke. The, 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 the other part of it is he doesn't necessarily know like how things are between Hest and Elise, like when they're mm -hmm. attempting to procreate. Like for all he knows, like maybe Hest is like a gentleman about it, and like they have a very open awareness, you know. Well, I don't think at this point that he is, would or... think that Hest is an abuser because he right, does not yeah. himself feel abused. So. Well, he does right. sometimes, but... Well. Um, so... I mean, maybe a little bit. I'll cover... That's a little bit in yeah, my chapter. Yeah, it's in my chapter. We'll table that then. Yeah. Yeah, but at this at this point, at the, at the moment of this discussion, yeah. yeah, he has no reason to, like, think badly of Hest or to think that Hest would be behaving in, like, a really brutish way, you know, t to her. 
Um, right. In his mind at this moment, up until this moment, it is a mutual sharing that no one knows, that only he knows about. <laughs> yeah. And that's not but a that threesome, it's... sir. <laughs> yeah, but that it's done, you know, like with, with good intent on both sides and like in good faith and that like they both know, okay, this is literally just to get a child and it's polite and it's not nasty. And it would it's be not, it's if not hurtful. he just trusted Elise and was like, hey, this is the situation. Right? This is what yes, I can exactly. do for you. Yeah. This is what you can do for me. We can have a mutually beneficial friendship. Between the two of them, they could manage Hess pretty well, probably. They, yeah, yeah. it's just really like an all-hands-on-deck scenario. The three of them should all be working together. It's just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, and if he was shitty, they asshole. can just take all his money. It would be easy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, Leftrin. Thoughts about Leftrin and his uh, shady business dealing. Well, you know, you do shady shit and it catches up to you, and now he's just paying for it. <laughs> he knew what he did was Word. sketchy, and now he's gotten caught up in it. Well, also, like, how could you... I mean, it was a great idea to, like, oh, I'm just gonna, like, let go of half my deckhands and, like, run the ship, like, the, the new efficient ship with, like, half my people half the people but it's like oh we're doing better work than we ever have with half the crew like dude like that's not subtle. yeah well and he like made everybody else sign their lives to the ship like you don't get to leave <laughs> like shut the fuck up i have a contract on your actual life and then the other people he didn't hold them accountable at all the carvers and stuff he's just like well, oh right yeah he did not cover all his tracks no he couldn't. That was a lot of people that he would have had to murder. Sometimes well, you gotta you know, do it. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> or cut their tongues out, or I don't know, something. Yeah, but haven't you ever That's heard, what the like, pirates two people did. can keep a secret when one of them's dead? Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> this is why you need to carve the ship a mouth. You just... <laughs> but no, really, just if... Eyes. If you wanted to escape your, like, permanent life aboard this boat, all you would have to do is leave the Rainwild River. He's not going to chase you into the open. (laughs) (laughs) True. He might, or even Bingtown, apparently. (laughs) Maybe he could send assassins. I was going to say, he might. Call up Fitz. Know some people. Stop by to Tozies, write a little letter, send a little letter. (laughs) <laughs> call up some pirates and be like yo if you ever run into this guy his ass there's is no place on this on the, in this realm where detozi's pigeons won't find you <laughs> speaking of that hot pigeon goss what how did this chapter end oh, oh uh yeah sorry i forgot to include that oh let me go right back to it hmm and I think I think this was the one about uh, the nephew having a three ships girlfriend. But let me yeah, let me it is. I just landed on it. It's when um, Eric is telling Tozy that he's got the hots for a good, good family, good birthing genes, three ships lady. Yeah, nice, nice hips. You know, yeah. all the <laughs> all that jazz. So far, all children of, of born to her generation have survived. Yeah. <laughs> She comes from a family of five healthy children. Wow. And three healthy ships. (laughs) (laughs) 
It is not, of course, a trivial decision to marry someone so low-born as a fertile three ships girl, but I will remark that they are fecund. <laughs> Can you imagine being going, having to go to like your boss and be like, hey, I want to get married. Can you write a letter of recommendation to my family? I mean, it probably wasn't all that long ago that we did do that, so... Gross. Sorry, looking at time. Uh, let's move on to chapter six, please. Speaking of a bad time, chapter six is called Thymara's Decision. Thymara and her dad come home from the harvesting, and her mom tells them great news. Thymara has an offer, and she and her dad, quite reasonably for this book, think marriage, and her mom says, no, morons, it's a job offer for hard labor. <laughs> <laughs> What follows is a truly insane conversation where Thymama refuses to tell them <laughs> what the job is actually for because Thymara's dad expressed that he didn't want his only child to leave them forever. And her mother only reveals it would be working with the dragons. And frustrated, Thymara leaves to climb the trees, and here she thinks for roughly ten pages about dragons <laughs> and how these ones are like sad little claymation worms. And... <laughs> The story of how Ice Fire was freed, just in case you started to read these books for first for <laughs> some some reason. <laughs> Thymara makes it up to the treeest of hogs and is soon joined by her friend, a tattooed boy who is named Tats. And spoilers, he never gets a new name. <laughs> this is just his name. It's his name forever, and I'm gonna rename myself Ankles for all these ankles that I have. <laughs> There was a character named Ankle. Are you sure you want to be named after her? Oh, yeah. Well, there was. Oh, man. Just oh, yeah. spoken for it. What body? Um, maybe wrists. I feel like I'm a jointy person. Elbows. Elbows. Oh, we could Speaking call you Bowie joint. for short. <laughs> well, I guess speaking of all kinds of joints, he has a horse tattoo, the jointiest animal, beside his nose. And I've already made a Pinterest board for my tattoo artist. <laughs> Apparently, though, in addition to Thymara's cool claws, she also has eyes that glow blue when orcs are close, which is <laughs> rad as hell. <laughs> but this is a chapter for teens, so we have a lovely little scene where Tats is being genuine, listening, and seeing Thymara for exactly who she is and what she looks like because she's his friend, and she doesn't know whether he's pulling her leg. And he also fills her in on what the job offer is her mom was not talking about, and it's dragon tour guides. They need people to bring the dragons some of the fuck aware else, because they are big hungry failures, and <laughs> Catherick <laughs> Treyhog doesn't want to deal with them anymore. Then Thymama starts yelling for Thymara to come inside for the first time in their lives. At first, she's like, what does she even want? And then she goes, what is she going to do? Climb up here and get me with her feeble, regular hands? <laughs> so she keeps talking to Tats. And we learn from this conversation that her father was a third-born trader's son who had to leave his family because there's no use for a third son. And if you ask me, there's no use for any sons. And he used to hunt meat for the dragons until his labor was no longer valuable and the trader council stopped paying people for their work. So he tried tree farming and manages some success at it. And it's never really described what he grows in the tops of the trees, but it's probably like wild garlic or just a single chai. <laughs> 
In the rest of this segment, we learn that this place is also known as Gentrification City, and Thymara's family had been pushed out of different neighborhoods as artists made it hip for rich people to move in and make it expensive. And we also learn that one of these artisans was a weaver named Raffles, and I can imagine his fundraiser parties quite vividly. <laughs> When Thymara's mom starts yelling at her again, she finally goes inside and does a Tony Hawk pro skater leap using Tats as a handstand grip and Ollie's the fuck out of there. And when she kick slips through her window, her mom gives her a radical high five and then starts screaming at her about how she's shaming their family and it's their fault they have to live in squalor. It's her fault, rather. And how Tats is a murderer and he's going to get her pregnant and she's going to die. And Thymara's just scrolling TikTok during all of this. And... I feel like Thymara and her mother are on two separate levels of YA, where her mom is passive-aggressively hinting every day that she should have died in infancy, and Thymara is so high school chill that she reacts to the shitty behavior with, God, and stop embarrassing me. <laughs> After this fight, Thymara goes to sit on the branch outside their house alone, and she, she feels so devoid of a future and so unsure of whether she's even human that she briefly contemplates jumping to her death. And she re and then remembers a time when she fell from this branch as, branch as a child and wonders if it was her mother who pushed her or if she just fell. Oh, well, guess we'll never know. <laughs> Eventually, her dad joins her outside and tries to persuade her not to take the dragon-keeping job. Quote, It's the title of the book, she says. I have to go. <laughs> her dad tells her the dragons are becoming violent and unpredictable and that one crashed a funeral drunk to eat somebody. <laughs> and can you imagine they're laying Boromir to rest in his little boat and then an idiot dragon... <laughs> Walks itself out of the river and snatches the body and runs away. Thymara <laughs> um, convinces her father that she's going to go because if they do find Kelsingra, it would be so meaningful and worth it and she could prove her own worth to herself. She's going to do it. She's going to become a dragon pickler. But she tells her dad if the journey fails, she'll come right on back. And, you know, that must have been good enough, because after a long silence, he says he'll go with her to see her off. And Bird Hour, the letter from Detozi to Eric is a scroll with top secret stamped on it, but the private burb message, or what I like to call the juicy stuff, is about the delivery of Jamalian king pigeons, and they are big and plump, and they can drive a whole USPS truck full of packages. They're so <laughs> strong. <laughs> Your pigeons are so big and plump. Pigeons you know, so they needed plump. these pigeons, though, because the last pigeons, they had curly feet and... and... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were not healthy brood. They definitely they, needed, they needed that They needed fresh an injection of, of yeah, yeah. Some of that new, strong muscle pigeon. Mm -hmm. So the rain wilds makes in. even birds sickly? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Which is weird because, like, what's closer to a dinosaur but a bird? You think that they would just right? revert to their like birdly dinoness, like <laughs> turning well, turning a, into. Seems like solid science to me. 
Yeah. That seems, well, that seems like dragons are, are close to dinosaurs, so maybe that's the fallacy that dragons and dinosaurs are not, in fact. I think in, in dragons would be so fucking offended if they heard you compare them to dinosaurs. <laughs> so are these birds descended from dragons in this world? Yeah. In, in this world, if if dinosaurs are dragons, then yeah. I mean, come on, guys. How 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 the fuck else did we get all the legends about dragons other than people finding giant dinosaur bones? Uh, you know, and, like two thousand years they? ago. They're giant the, the, bird bones, duh. And they're the lords. <laughs> they're the lords of the three realms. Well, like, who's what? What's a better lord of the air than a bird? Mm, a pterodactyl. The dragons are land, obviously mud, and the serpents are are water, river. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I finished my apricot brandy. <laughs> <laughs> I just counted to three. Water in the head. That was the exact moment Rachel became drunk. <laughs> I heard it happen. But did it die in an egg? <laughs> it wasn't going to go there. But thank you. My sobriety. Did it die in an egg? <laughs> What about Tats, though? What do we think about Tats? I think Tats is hot for for Thamara. And mm-hmm. he's, is this a PETA situation? He seems... This is a PETA situation. I would... Uh, yes, this is definitely a PETA situation. <laughs> bread equivalent in the rainwater. Is there bread there? I don't think so. Is it he that one chive? Like very... He yes. seems like a very nice boy who's very hungry for anybody to love him. And it's not his fault his parents were murderers. It's, it's definitely really not. not. <laughs> he was born into slavery. Like that's the, like he didn't even do anything wrong. He didn't get himself into debt. He didn't make unwise investments or gambling decisions, and he didn't like create any criminality. He was just born into it. I'm trying to go to the section where Tats is described just because I want to start a relative hotness chart. <laughs> <laughs> well, he definitely has light eyes, but not like glowy Rainwild's Dune light. They're just like normal, you know, person light. I think he's and... probably like a seven or an eight. For oh, we're numbering for his okay. age. Oh, what scale were we using? If not numbers, I was I was just going to use uh, Thymara's like general inner monologue, but we can use numbers for a short. You know, I think he's well, probably he... pretty good looking, but I don't think that's what the Mara goes for. I think she goes for the kind of the different scalier kind of dangled people. So, well, she's, well, I, I think she's more like on functionality, you know, yeah. she's like, Oh, well he's useful. He can climb, he can climb real high and he's got warm shoulders. And <laughs> <laughs> he's, so far, he seems he's he's very handy. Like everybody love everybody seems to like him. He like gets around. He like sleeps in twenty different people's houses because he has no home. But like everybody seems to feed him and like give him a little bit. So and he's always worked really hard for us. Like he's handy, dude. He's, handy. he's got white teeth, so he he's got good teeth. Possibly crooked, but like you know, but that can oh, yeah. The, She's like right he has that can one be really cute crooked tooth, one single crooked tooth, and I'm like. Honey girl, you got twenty claws on your body. We're gonna we're gonna loud out his one crooked tooth. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I, I think I think you're right, Ash. He probably is like seven or eight and he's got that one crooked tooth. I don't know, maybe that's bumping him from seven to eight. You never know. <laughs> so he has the first thing she describes is the tattoo on his face. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> um, and what is it? Is it a horse? Giddy up yes, horse, horse and then a spider web. <laughs> the less know? important spider web, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm scrolling. Sorry. Do we think he has like um, sandy blonde hair? What color hair do we think he has? Just it's his hair is just more tattoos. That'd be that. I'm, that's, <laughs> I'm down with a tattooed skull. So you know he he seems to be a strong. He's like a the teen, the boy next door, the boy on the treetop next door. <laughs> He's the boy from the wrong the side of the tracks. Next door. Mm. The branch next door. The branch. Um, okay, and her dad seems awesome and her mom is awful. Her Wonder what that's is about. A witch. God. Yeah. I just wish we were richer and we're not richer because you have because you did this to us yeah. because you, have you did this by being bored. It's like there's the fucking door lady. If you resent your husband for keeping his child and you also resent your child for existing, like get the fuck out. Nobody's gonna stop you. She can go yeah. become an artist in that artist community and then she'll have more money if she had skills. I was gonna say I don't think she's talented. I think she's just a mooch. Well, then it's her own fault. So they had some hobbies. If you remember from the beginning uh, chapters when her father came up with the idea that they could become hunters for as long as that was profitable, seems like it wasn't profitable nearly as long as he was hoping. Yeah. But, you know. It seems like everybody kind of got real fed up with these dragons real quick. All the people, I mean. I think the dragons are pretty fed up with the dragons, too. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it seems like, you know, they had to argue for every fucking payment from Bingtown for, like, their support and, like, their help. And then Bingtown was just like, we're just going to stop. Like, fuck you. Fuck your dragons. We're done. Yeah. I think it's, Fish for them. We don't care. I think it's interesting that she did that, that Hob has included the detail of the fact that there are many, many, many different levels of wealth and and caste systems in the rain wilds because you know we got everything from the point of view of people who are at very much at the top mm-hmm. of of that caste system in the live ship books and they made it seem like you know as long as you are willing to pull yourself up by your bootstraps that you know it's a great place to live and all the new people coming in you know they were being they were becoming you know, fishermen and farmers and all that stuff. But in actuality, we are, they live in a place that has very little to give, right? Like Mm -hmm. just getting foods to feed themselves has to be horribly expensive because Mm -hmm. most of it has to be traded in. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's poor people. There's tons of poor people and escaped slaves who are even more poor. And I'm glad that she included those things. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like if you didn't lay claim to ancient artifacts on the ground, you're destitute, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Unless you can make art that rich people want, then you can be middle class, I guess. Right. But even, like, Buckkeep kind of suffers from that, too, where it's like, everyone's either living in the keep and has a job, or they're, like, you know, a cobbler, or... Uh, you know, some uh, a candle maker. You know, like no, th- nobody. There are no beggars in the street at Buckheap, uh, and obviously that's not true. Though I'm glad that Hop has expanded 
expanded the de- the level of detail and also the point of views that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Because who's more, you know, I mean, Tats, that's the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> or the top of the tree. Or you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but they get sunlight. And, uh, yeah, they get sunlight. They probably they have less get moisture. sunlight, but they said garbage. that the higher up you are, and it makes sense, like the wind. So it's like you basically your house is always moving if you live up that tall. So you got better balance, and you got a sun. Better fan. balance, exactly. maybe, or you just and don't you pee on everybody down below instead of getting peed on. <laughs> yeah, when you throw yeah. your when you throw your night soil out the window, where's it going? Fifth Avenue. They probably have but like all a the rich people system. are pasty and have pee on their hair, so <laughs> maybe that's in fashion. But they can eat, so you know, that's yeah, trade off. They got food in their bellies. You don't want to be eating if you're like living in a swaying treetop house. That like if you get too fat, it's gonna like break the branch. So yeah. you know, it balances out. We do have uh, another resentful mother though in Thymara, in Thymara's <sighs> mother. Trying, yep. attempting to throw her child off the side of the tree. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, raise your hand if you think for a second that that was, like, not the mother. It was 100% her mother trying to push her off. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And the yeah. fact that Daimara even, like, entertains that thought, like, how fucked up is her mom? That she would be like, nah, probably. It's probably her. <laughs> what, is she Cinderella? Like... <laughs> Oh, Cinderella. Cinderella, Cinderella. Uh, is that it? Did we cover everything? Uh, oh, the dragon that ate the person at the funeral. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Centara. It was Centara. Centara, <laughs> yeah. why would you do such a thing? I mean, she makes some valid points that, like, you know... It's just gonna decay and get eaten by fish anyway. Yeah. So, like, why not preserve its memories by her eating? That was an interesting development. So, if a dragon eats a person, the dragon gets the person's memories? I mean, they think nothing of yeah, those memories because it's like a blink of an eye, but you know. Are they getting like deer memories and fish memories? They're like uh, skill powerhouses. They might only absorb the memories of advanced brains. I mean, it's like the live ships. True. Yeah, that's true. They can they they can that bond with human memories, so that's actually consistent call, in Jenny. that way. <laughs> Thanks. It's just a little weird. That's all. I mean, what's I mean, it's, not it's weird little, about the you know, dragon? Improper, but you know, <laughs> it could be a new tradition that they just feed all of their dead to the dragons instead. Look, yeah, like just, our, our, our family like, line has been eaten by this dragon for generations. The blue one. Like, then you just like you want to remember something, and so you go to like Mister Blue Dragon and go, "Hey, you're the archive of my family's history. Can you tell me this?" Thing oh, well, I mean, that's just fits. That's right. just fits on Sunday. They're morning. just constantly settling <laughs> bets. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if they charge enough, you know, like if they charge a deer for it, like maybe it'd be worth it. It's <laughs> true. They get for every for they every, get food for offerings every, for information. Yeah. Exactly for every question I answer for you, like every time I summon your ancestor ancestors' memories to answer this fucking question, you bring me a deer and it's still bleeding. I'm like okay, 
is bring the deer back with you and then kill it in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, how incompetent were, like, all the hunters that they never once seemed to think about that? <laughs> I think they, I don't know, I guess it's hard to bring a deer back through the rain wilds. Yeah, do they have deer? It no, sounds like they, they don't like have deer elsewhere. anymore. They're extinct. Yeah. They have to go elsewhere to get the deer, and then it's like trying to herd like, a bunch of deer back through the rain wilds is impractical. Yeah. Just piranhas and birds. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, chapter seven, unless I forgot anything. No. Go ahead, Jen. Right. Chapter seven is called Promises and Threats. So, uh, we all remember that clause in Elise and Hess's marriage contract that said he had to let her go to the rain wilds at some point. Well, Hess would like to forget it, but Elise is calling in that favor. She's gonna get to the rain wilds, she's basically gonna argue her way onto the ship. And Hest is not pleased, because like every 15-year-old in fandom, he had hoped that Elise had just grown out of the desire for such frivolous things as interest, because why would you have such things after age 25? In any case, he feels <laughs> like dragons are out of fashion these days, since they're mostly bitter, malformed resource drains who sit in the mud all day. <laughs> um, after insulting her, he then tries to be charming, and Elise almost falls for it, but then she goes for the bluff instead, telling him that she's already planned her trip, and guess what? She's going. Her next roadblock is apparent his the apparent need for a chaperone, which she thinks should be easy enough to find. And then he tries to trap her with the idea that she should really just be available at all times to get pregnant and give him an heir, to which she replies that if it were so important to him, then he might make more frequent efforts. So, point Zing. to <laughs> so with the upper hand she goes in for the kill and basically threatens to out him without really knowing it and then suggests that if she were in the rain wilds she would not have the opportunity to let slip about the details of their lack of private life so game set match so we then cut to Cedric who is very upset about a ruined shirt because apparently Hest shares Fitz's disdain of properly caring for his shirts and I think the fool and Cedric should start a support group for each other <laughs> <laughs> In any case, the shirt is very sentimental to Cedric because they bought the fabric together on a little Chalcedian shopping trip, and they had three sets of matching shirts made, and Cedric, of course, still has all of his. But now that Hest has ruined all of his, Cedric can't possibly wear his anymore, so on top of all the other terrible things Hest is, he's also deprived poor Cedric of three fine shirts, so he's <laughs> Anyway, Cedric is pretty firmly on Team Elise. And in this argument, because he remembers that clause in the marriage contract, too. And he also still has a little soft spot for her because she befriended him when they were young. And Hest uses that as an opportunity to point out what a loser Cedric used to be because he's an asshole. But of course, as seems to be Hest's way, he goes immediately from jerk to charming and says that Elise must have had a little crush on him. Because who could blame her? Who wouldn't have a crush on him? And then Hest gives him a little flash of those green eyes and Cedric melts and starts bringing up his fantasy life where they ditch all pretense and basically just run away together and live on their own terms without apologies. Which Hest does not understand. He, he sidesteps that dream by giving him a lecture on how money and wealth work and they circle back to Elise and Cedric tries one last tactic suggesting that Hest could go with Elise and freshen up his trade contracts and or get some dragon parts for the Duke of Chalced, which would give him more money and respect. But Hest isn't having it. He is respectable now, he claims. And in the end, he basically decides out of spite that it should be Cedric that accompanies Elise on her pointless little journey. And again, I say that Cedric deserves better. 
Um, so on to the birds. The official message is a request from the Pinktown Council wanting to know if there's any truth in the rumors about the health of the dragons and their marketability as trade items. And in the personal message, Eric is meeting more of the family in Uncle Baden, and he's sending along some peas to help with pigeon plumage. Uh, but he's concerned the dragons are going to be slaughtered and hopes those rumors are false. <laughs> oh. So Cedric, so Cedric's job is secretary, valet. <laughs> Everything? Like, uh-huh. how, like, yeah, like butler. Yeah, like what? Cedric is probably being underpaid, I think. <laughs> Butler. Yeah, no matter how much dick he's getting, he's underpaid. I don't know, he's yeah, getting some nice silk shirts out of the deal. I mean, he does have a little house. Yeah, but it's true. And lotion. But and, like, he still has Good to, like, lotion. Go he's basically got, like, trips. La Mer. <laughs> he's, he's going on all the work trips, and now he's being sent off into the fucking rain wilds. Like, what? Like, come on. That's not what he well, wanted. He shouldn't have been on Team Elite, and then yeah. Hest wouldn't have like. No. I'll say it did not Hest take very asshole. much to set Hest off. It was like no, it, no, it doesn't. Jesus, well, he was a little aggressive there. But then we also he's just very deeply in the closet. Yeah, and Cedric issues. spills the beans <laughs> that he's been kind of violent before in the past. So yes, and I'm wondering like Cedric has. Um, it, it, I wonder if Hest has been slowly changing over time because Cedric doesn't seem to have coping mechanisms to like deal with Hess like how do I influence him mm-hmm. how do I make Hess feel like this is Hess's idea like how do we be like yeah we could get rid of Elise and have a vacation for a month like wouldn't that be cool <laughs> and instead <laughs> he like sets himself up so I'm, I'm wondering if like things have been getting bad I mean, it would make some recently. sense if he's getting more and more stressed with his father, like, wanting an heir and all of that, that mm-hmm. it's just yeah. getting worse, but... Because at first it's like, oh, yes, come live with me, I'll buy you a house and clothes and you'll be my secretary and you'll go on all these trips with me and, like... If feels we like share a cabin, over. no one will think this is weird. Well, it's yeah. also part of the problem of having such a power ba- imbalance in a relationship, right. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has to appear. I think Hest has maybe been losing interest that's my theory oh and yeah the next chapter kind of proves that was um was this was this the chapter or is it the next chapter where like we get the um could cedric be more of a stereotype of a gay man that's the next chapter yeah okay (laughs) I think that's my chapter. Oh yeah, that's the last chapter. He loves a good lace well, yeah. cuff. <laughs> He's fastidious and fashionable, and yeah. Well, just for like a, a, the the part where Elise is going on the whole thing about how he was always like so gentle and so interested in talking, and like he's always so fashionable and put together, and he always says just the right thing, and like everybody loves him and he puts everybody at ease socially, and I was just like, wow. Like I'm uncomfortable reading this and sometimes like but also can slip past me but also in that we also learn that cedric's personality has almost been programmed into him by hest yeah so Mm. how much of that is really cedric and how much of that is how cedric was taught to be Mm -hmm. Uh, he's kind of like uh is it's like a compliment to hest's business strategy like vic vinegar and honey whatever whatever what's the name you know, oh, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, but it's like yeah. you know, it's like a little bit of a 
honey and vinegar mm-hmm. for the business deals. I, I didn't think about that, but like, yeah, looking because I'm I'm perceiving Hest through the lens of like essentially he's a narcissist um, who sees other people not actually as like complete individuals. He simply sees them. They exist in relation to him, and they exist as extensions of him or obstacles to him. And that's why he treats Elise the way he does, rather than, like, coming to an actual sort of human-to-human accord with her, which could have been really cordial and actually, like, the win-win that he presented his proposal to be. Um, And I, so, from that lens, like, actually, if he sort of programmed Cedric to be what he wanted i think if hest actually wanted a child maybe that would be an option for him but it's something that's been foisted on him it's something his father wants it's like a contractual obligation he doesn't want to do it Mm -hmm. so yeah all yeah i wonder how he would be if he actually did get a kid pregnant Mm -hmm. it's just that she has miscarriages yeah Which right is like but was he like because super happy when yeah. she got pregnant probably not he's probably just like cool that's one Thank less fucking thing God. yeah yeah it's yeah. like great like i can stop having sex with you great mm-hmm. yeah or like i have you know now they won't take my money away and give it to my cousin <laughs> it's yeah. means to an end right one, one thing that i thought was really striking about the conversation between hest and cedric was how hest repeated several times but i like my life how it is yes like mm-hmm. why would i want to change it i have a society i have the business contracts i have this you know respect i have everything that i want it's, it's like he's not even acknowledging cedric's saying i want to run away so we can be together openly because he's like, but I don't want that because my life suits me yeah, just he fine. wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. Like, yeah. And also, is what's how much power does Cedric have in this relationship? Uh, if Cedric decides to, like, out him... They'd both be as, fucked, like, though, so... They would both be fucked, but, like, how much, though? Like, would Hess really lose his inheritance? Oh, hells yes! Mm. I guess it would depend on pe- on if people believed Cedric or if they were or if Hest was able to spin it as he's angry because I fired him and he's just trying to discredit me. Oh, I'm right. sure he would but try I'm to discredit thinking, him, but like... if, I think enough people would probably believe it. But if I mean, he had a the social standing, but there's also like clearly his father would be like, "Well, you're never going to have an heir, so I'm going to give the money to your cousin." Yeah. So he'd be ruined in that way. Right, but what if he had an heir? That might be a different story. I don't know. I still story. feel like in which case Hess is not being very fan. smart. Well, I mean, they might just take the air and be like, "Well, fuck you." Yeah, we're just gonna yeah. Like, we're passing. Like, we're passing we'll take you your baby and, and be gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that might be. And then they'll just have like a proxy. I guess I just don't have a handle on how how bad homosexuality is in in the Rainwilds, like. Well, I mean, we saw how people reacted to the idea of Althea and Amber. Yeah. Her, her, um, yeah, I guess that was just from her sisters saying that means that meant she was slutty, but or mannish. I can't remember. I just feel like I get the I get they didn't like that she was unnatural. Unnatural. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's a key word. Okay. So not good. I think it probably matters more if you're rich, being in high society. Yeah. Well, also like proper. Elise hasn't even heard of it. Like that's right. It doesn't even occur to her that it's like a possibility. <laughs> yeah, which which means it's not even some like it's so taboo that it's not even whispered about as like a joke or 
you know. Doesn't she yeah. read? There's there's no gay elderlings for her to read about. <laughs> I just thought that was his secretary. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, you're right. It's like it's like when uh, when uh, Victorians wrote about ancient cultures. Which is good friends. <laughs> I, I mean, but like Cedric's sister clearly knew. Oh, yeah, and she doesn't seem to... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's her brother, so maybe yeah, it I helps know. her like, be more accepting, but she didn't seem to be, like, disgusted by it at all. No, she was just, just like... Generational. Okay yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe she, maybe she's about to marry an artist and move to Trahog. <laughs> <laughs> Have some raffles. <laughs> Trahog, Trahog <laughs> Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? So she's going to the Rainwilds. Fuck you, Hess. I thought her arguments were pretty good. Like, they I were. should go before I'm pregnant because, like, we wouldn't want to risk it. And then I wouldn't be able to go after I had the baby because I'd, you know, be taking care of the baby. Like, yep. It's really reasonable. So I agree. It is. And also, how much money can she possibly be spending on her scrolls? I feel like mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> I mean, okay, so having worked at an academic library, like, while I was not, like, so I worked in acquisitions. I was not in charge of picking the books, but I was in charge of executing some of the um, transactions. Um, like, so, some of some of those books were, like, basically my entire annual salary for one book. Wow. Sometimes. All right. Go Elise. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope she's wearing... The, I hope she has the proper moisture control in her library. Right. <laughs> right. Gloves. I hope she's wearing some nice little white gloves when she's turning. Do you think that pages. they're all scrolls at this point? Because it feels like Fitz was was gathering scrolls. There were never any like bound books. There's oh there's there's a reference to that in one of the chapters where, um, uh, I think it was maybe this the, this chapter actually, um. Hest where Hest is, has a book, quote, bound in the new style. In the new style. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Mm. So fancy. The printing press is just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I they do enjoy that technology town. progresses in this world. <laughs> yes. It's, there's, it's one buried, there's one buried in Keltingra. They'll get there eventually. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they've got self-heating kettles in. Oh yes, true. So <laughs> all the wonders of electricity without having any electricity—it's really great. <laughs> it's a perfect society. <laughs> There's no global warming in the realm of the elderlings. Uh, all right, anything else from chapter seven? Just you know, mourning the shirts. <laughs> Paul shirts. The schnappy what? shirts are like a symbol of what he thought their relationship was, and now he's realizing what he it don't really give is. a shit. Just, just him alone with his shirts. That's it. <laughs> I like that they had matching outfits, though. Yeah, what is that about? They have little matching outfits. <laughs> no one thought that was weird. I mean, they all thought Fitz and the Fool were sleeping together. <laughs> <laughs> they had matching outfits too. Come exactly. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right, chapter eight is called Interviews. Uh, Thymara is visiting Rainwilder Congress, complete with old scowling men and long tables, built to allow runty old dudes to feel tall and strong when interrogating <laughs> 11-year-olds. After rudely She's stating... She's 16 now. Ah. 16-year-olds. So after rudely stating the obvious that Thymara escaped and fantasized as if she should be ashamed of being alive, they move on to a super vague series of click-accept pop-ups about her new job. They're mad when Thymara asks if she can come home if her dragon dies. What? No. They're preoccupied with the possibility of finding a new elderling city and not so much about the dragon's health and happiness. Ask not what you can do for your dragon, but what your dragon's <laughs> ancestral memories of the directions to Calcingra can do for the economy of the Rainwilds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, says Thymara, a literal child. So, you want me to leave and never come back unless it's to tell you the dragons are dead and there's a pile of money you can have? Yes, excellent, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> The newly hired Thymara goes back to the concourse to meet up with her dad, and she sees Tats, who is enthusiastic about their employment, even if Jarup is nervous. They meet Rapskull, who is super hot in a quote-unquote feral way with glowing blue eyes <laughs> and feet claws. He's, he has a very blunt way of speaking, and he points out that Tats doesn't look freakish enough to be hired, and Tats has to explain what money is. <laughs> Rapskull acknowledges the usefulness of money but he's much more interested in making best friends forever with the dragon and they will pet each other's scales and go on <laughs> adventures which is a weird tangent for a grown up but I keep reminding myself that these are a bunch of kids no matter how hot Hop tells me that they are so Thymara says goodbye Tats says hello Rapskull says my blanket is blue and we meet the <laughs> And we meet some of the other keepers, mostly young, most heavily touched by the Rainwild magic. Notable is Sylvie, who is pink. She's not, but she's blonde and she has copper eyes. So I turned her into a pink anime character in my mind because she's like <laughs> small and cute and has a high pitched voice. And then we have a small interlude with Lefdrin and Swarge, who are remarking that Tarman seems changed and anxious. But they're having dreams of flying, and isn't that fantastic? No. <laughs> then it's time to join up with Elise and Cedric. Cedric is unhappy with the fact that Elise booked them on the only available ship going where they need to be. And what ship is that? The Paragon. Do, 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 do. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine if this were a movie, the film would pause and everyone in the crew would be winking towards the camera while a super cool rock and roll graphic rolls across the screen. The Paragon! Elise is just happy to get away from her increasingly annoying husband, even if it doesn't make sense that he is sending Cedric with her. She's happy to have a friend, even if he's pouty. I'm sorry you got caught up in my quarrel with Hest. I know this isn't the journey you'd choose. And this is while Alyssa jumps up and down in the background saying any journey on the Paragon is a journey well planned. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then Cedric calls Paragon jinxed and I brace for the role. Instead, <laughs> instead, we learn about live ships in case you skip that trilogy. And then Clef shows up and he has no accent, according to Eli, and invites Elise to the figurehead because Paragon wants to chat. 
The Paragon wants to talk about dragons and live ships with Elise Kincaren. Ooh, he knows her name. Paragon is perturbed, though. Why would anyone want to go talk to the dragons? He calls them wretched animals. Quote, studying them will teach you nothing about real dragons. True dragons would scorn such creatures, just as they would scorn me. Oh, Paragon. But Elise is intrigued, and they speak of the nature of dragons and live ships for a bit, until Elise outright asks for Paragon to share his dragon memories, if he has any. And Paragon says that he chooses not to remember, and it gets a little nerve-wracking, until Althea shows up, along with a little boy who distracts Paragon from the conversation. Ooh. Althea escorts Elise away and asks her not to talk to him anymore. And then we get a Brashen cameo as well, and it's just a big live ship reunion. They all have tea uh, and talk about how Malta is Althea's sister, which is dazzling information for Elise. Cedric is less impressed as he is with everything because he's a pragmatist who is unsure if the journey will be worth it. And Althea explains that the dragons aren't really anything special. And Elise is on the verge of disappointment. Surprisingly, though, Cedric encourages Elise to go on her adventure just to spite Hest. But it doesn't have to be a long trip. Wink. Elise is touched that he would help her save face to honor their friendship. And then it is time for bird mail. Kasrik mm. has sent a detailed itemized receipt to Trahog to bill them for their share of the endeavor. And Atosi has sent a note to Eric explaining that the dragons are being moved, not slaughtered. Uh, and the peas are really doing a great job of improving the pigeon's feather luster. Is it very expensive? <laughs> I Is did enjoy Babysitter gift? Paragon. Hmm? I said I did enjoy Babysitter Paragon. Babysitter Paragon, where you just let the murder ship pick up your baby and do a fly plane <laughs> over the water. You wouldn't murder that baby. <laughs> Tosses it straight up. Would you trust your baby to Paragon? Paragon's uh, new now. He's he's a different person. I would. He, he, did Althea like ha, like give birth to him and like let Paragon absorb all that blood? Because like in that case, maybe because that kid's part of him now. And what is the baby's name? Did they say it in this chapter? They did not. Ugh. Well, well, yeah, that will be revealed shortly. <laughs> it sure will. I do know that. <laughs> God, is it totally Later awful? On. Did they name him Amber? <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be better. Better. <laughs> oh my god, now I need to read ahead that's just like, so I can find out what this fucking name that's is. That's like the one thing I remember from the last show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's kind of a weird interlude where... Paragon, who, by the way, has Fitz's face, and yes, they do remark on how handsome he is. Except but for with his that broken obviously nose. broken nose. <laughs> I was like, yes, and? Uh, you know, just He's perfect. Extremely just handsome, broken nose. Yeah, perfect. Well, without it, too handsome. Like, distracting. <laughs> yeah, no one would be able to work. Kind of like Tats is like one janky tooth. Like you gotta have that one imperfection. I like the light that is a fish that swims around in the air. It's a, a like a, a baby's mobile. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it and was? the kettle that just magically it's like Mrs. Potts from from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, there, dear. 
have some tea. Oh god, all the animals in the beast's castle are made of wizard wood. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Free them. Uh, I, yeah, the, uh, the casual wealth that they display while they, you know, live their rough and tumble ship life. They did find all that treasure. They did. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm wearing pants and a jacket and I'm a woman, but this is Chanel pants and a jacket. Like, this is... (laughs) (laughs) This outfit costs thousands, okay? Yep. And she, and Elise is, of course, dazzled by Althea and her I mean happy marriage. I, I, I never <laughs> thought that I could live like this. Yeah, I never thought I could wear pants and be happy. I never thought I, I thought I would have to be a spinster or get married and be property. There are no other choices for a woman. This is how this is what feminism will do to <laughs> options i have options it starts with pants <laughs> <laughs> i do like brashen's little little uh doting father proud captain kind of he seems much more at ease with himself in it doesn't short. seem like he's addicted to sindin anymore yes. and just like you know losing his mind right He's reformed. This is what, like, six or seven years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a few fair. years later. I mean, yeah. it's af- it's it's post that all of the pits or the Tawny Man trilogy. So all of so that. So Selden is either still seven or forty-five, <laughs> and Clef <laughs> is what twenty-two. What? What is how, how old is Clef? Clef to begin with? Like, like wasn't he like eleven? Seven? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. eight. Yeah, somewhere in there. So he's like a teenager now. But yeah, yeah, because I mean, this is like year six or year seven of the um, you know, new Rainwilds Collective. Uh, so that would be because because that basically was founded at right at the end of Live Ship books. So it'd be six or seven years later. Need a How does Clef sound in the in the audiobook? Uh, positively normal, like everyone else. How, how could they so, do him I mean, so I, wrong like that? <laughs> so it's the same voice actress, Anne Flosnick. She, I think she's the best voice actress that they've had for any of the trilogies yet. Um, but she seems to have forgotten. She had like a very like, uh, just a lot of contrast going on there were like everybody had different accents and somehow she kept track of all of them but um yeah there was it seems like there's like more it kind of like everybody blends in they're all kind of the same a little bit i think that the the one guy from chalced had a different accent but other than that everyone's pretty much the same mm. i mean it makes sense that clef would lose his accent being no, around uh-huh. yeah I guess it's just not as fun. Um, what do we feel about Paragon? Does he seem uh, great? Seems yes. much he more seems balanced. In a better place. I feel like he's thriving with his eyesight. <laughs> Still doesn't want to think about dragons. 
yeah, you know, you just have to really stick to a certain topics with him. But fair. <laughs> I mean, if there's nothing, he's right. If there's nothing he can do about it, then why dwell? Yeah. I'm sad that the pathetic dragons make him sad. They make him more than sad. They, like, disgust him. They he's, disgust him. Like, he has a very negative reaction to them existing the way that they do, but... I mean, but that's, like, toxic. Because, like, alright, so unless you're perfect, unless you're the best ever, then, like, you're you're trash. Like, there are no... Shouldn't he have sympathy for people who are... Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Because he's, like, clearly, you know, sort of dragon, but not... And Elise... Not really dragon. Elise tries to touch on that a little bit with him, but he's just like, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate them and I hate me. Leave and then me everybody on the ship is like, <laughs> roll the boat. it's getting dark. Somebody go break that shit up. <laughs> the boat's rocking back and forth. <laughs> they're like, someone go up to the front and figure out what they're talking about. Elfie's like, I'll do it. La la la. Ah, what's I like when they're just straight here? up like, and don't talk to him anymore. And they're like, but they invited us. He asked to speak with us. And they're like, yeah, no, decline. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, don't talk to him. He's not the captain of the boat. He's just the boat. <laughs> I thought it was kind of strange how little she knew about Paragon, though, when Cedric was like, oh, great, the jinxed ship, and it murdered all of its people. I'm like, timeline-wise, I feel like... She's she's a real hermit yeah it just was strange to me that she comes but she from said she was there during she, she said she did know later on yeah because she said she was there during the 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 attack when tentaglia comes so she knows like she, she knows things but she's she just like she, she doesn't watch the news paragraph. she just like right. sits in her room and like fiddles with old scrolls but she doesn't <laughs> She doesn't know what's going on. She's not scrolling Twitter. No. <laughs> it's also maybe the difference the between how they they educate the their sons versus how they educate their daughters. Where you know they don't. They taught wasn't... her how to read, but they thought it was a waste of resources. And yeah, they... exactly. She wasn't. The, the only reason she knew was so she could like balance the household accounts and you know sign her name to the uh, yeah you know, merchant. Uh, charge accounts <laughs> she wasn't traipsing around beaches and befriending ships so you know she or lost right didn't get those lessons althea was definitely not doing what she was supposed to do <laughs> what do um, we think of this ragtag dragon team yes tats rapscall it's Bilby. quite the name i mean i feel like they've got a the group of them has excellent names yeah I agree. These are, this is a, a definitely a cool cool name group. Very like X Men. Yeah, I, I I wonder it is like the 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 whole there. There's just two girls in the whole group. Like, is that oh going to translate to there's only two girl dragons left? It's going like, to translate to way they more made such rape a scenes. Big... Ugh, I hope not. Look, at least the dragons, at least the female dragons are not into rape. So maybe they can like pair up with the female dragons and then like protect mm-hmm. each other. And that clown we meet in the next chapter, he's captain of the rapies, I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like him either. Maybe Uh, he gets eaten. What do you think about Rapscall? Rapscall. You know, I think he's just 
a little out to lunch, but I like his enthusiasm. <laughs> and I feel like he'll be a I good cast Eddie Red. I, I cast Eddie Redmayne in that role <laughs> because he kind of has that sort of like feral intensity sometimes. He's kind of a He's kind, the kind of, of person Charlie that Day. would either scream or whisper. Is that what you're saying? He's like a super hot Charlie Day. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a wild card. I'm sorry, Jenny. That was hilarious. <laughs> it's a good part of that movie. He's uh, he, yeah, he's super hot Charlie Day, and he's really into bird law, and he won't shut up about it. It's an important thing to know. I'm just glad he got a blue blanket to match his favorite color. <laughs> the best part is they're, like, they're all blue. They're all blue. <laughs> oh, isn't it lucky that my favorite color is blue? They quit shitting on my parade. He's a glass <laughs> really half full kind of guy, and I appreciate that. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I'm either going to like you or punch you in the face. I haven't decided. <laughs> But it helps that he's really hot. Remember how? Yeah. <laughs> he's a dreamboat. Not much oh. in the noggin, but he's good looking. <laughs> Could be a model. I know how that is. Whatever. Means. He's going to Neville Longbottom it. I can tell already. Uh. <laughs> he's going to wear a sweater and visit his grandparents. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. It's, it's, um and i am also very glad that the pigeons are eating their peas now yes god those poor pigeons they needed peas also whenever i read about them eating peas i'm like i want dried peas i want split (laughs) get some hummus it's dried chickpeas same thing not dried, but um, you know, ground yeah. up, prepared. I'm just gonna all chip right, all my teeth on, on some dried, <laughs> some dried beans. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Shall, shall we move on? Yes. Yeah. Or do we have more to say about the uh, ragtag, the little rascals keepers, no. the little rascals, and their <laughs> obviously terrible job that they're about to be embarking on? Yeah. They're the little rascals. They're like each given their own bag of yes, little, little rascals. rascals. They're each given their own bag of trash and a blanket. <laughs> and that's why Mara's like, thank God I brought my own pack. Yeah, she's I like, no. Oh, and then when they use the blankets and they're like, yeah, these blankets are shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Chapter nine, please. Chapter 9 is Journey. It seems that Brashen's hookup for a transport up the Rainwild River is our shifty friend Leftrin. The moment his new passengers board the Tarman, Leftrin has to pop his eyes right back into his head and pick his jaw up off the floor because hotties don't frequent these waters and the captain's a thirsty boy. Leftrin assesses Cedric's physique before dismissing him as a dandy who is not who is fit, but not like hard worker fit, more like <laughs> California juice cleanse fit. And thanks for the call out, Leftrin. <laughs> Damn. But then there's Elise, that hair, those eyes. 
dressed like Jane from the animated Tarzan. She's <laughs> hilariously out of place in the rain wilds, but immediately has left her and chasing her around like a crushing teen. The Bingtown High Society science team isn't so sure about this big wooden dinghy that they found, found themselves on, but there's a lot of talk about whether or not they should wait for another boat. Uh, meanwhile, they think... Uh, meanwhile, the sailors are loading their baggage and Lefturn daydreams about picnics with redheads. But, oh God, she looked at me. Lefturn's brain comes back into focus for just one second as he muses about how the Rainwild traders are having a dubious expedition. Something to do with dragons. Uh, but then his brain stutters to a complete halt when he glimpses Elise's petticoats. The final blow is dealt when Elise laughs and Lettrin, quote, describes it as a river purring past the bow of his <laughs> ship. Which is maybe, may, maybe the best quote of anything that we've read so far. <laughs> that night. What is that laugh? What does mm. that sound like? <laughs> <laughs> no. Is it just like a gargle? Oh. <laughs> or is it like some tinkly little fake? I was like, <laughs> it's like Elise thinks she's hideous, but actually she's gorgeous. And then she thinks she has a good laugh, but actually it's like nails on a chalkboard when she laughs. They take off her glasses and her hair tumbles down and she goes, ha, ha, ha. No, she, she laughs like the nanny, Fran Drescher. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that night, we get Cedric's point of view of the dismal conditions aboard Tarman. Elise got the captain's cabin to herself while he is miserably sharing the cruise quarters with the sailors. Cedric is obviously distressed. Hold on. Obviously distressed about how many of the crew are muscly women, and I'm rapidly losing respect for him. <laughs> Fast forward a bit. Cedric clearly plans on gathering some dino bits to start his own version of Jurassic Park, and I'm still, I'm just liking him less and less because obviously he didn't pay attention to Jurassic Park. Um, I'm just like, things to be nice. That's all he says. I, I want things to be nice. <laughs> and he, he launches into a sad story about how his dad got him an internship as ship's boy, and he rejected it because... Dad couldn't understand how he was earning an organizational and leadership management degree. And he was doing that just so he would never have to get dirty again, obviously. <laughs> he doesn't want to be dirty. And he wants to be secretary for the hot boy. The memory ends with a warning from his mother that Hest is fickle. Fast forward, fast forward. Cedric fingers a locket engraved with the word always in comic hands. <laughs> he wonders if his mother had been right and thinks about the one time Hest had struck him. Ooh. Then, before Cedric could leave on the trip to the Rainwilds with Elise, Cedric... No, not Cedric. Uh, Hest leaves on a business trip with that stupid, sexy, red and cope. Mm. Not fair, man. Not fair. Too fast, too forward us. 
uh, Chimera <laughs> and Casaris rejects sit around a campfire, incredulous at being on their own. Hey, look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Tats flirts with Chimera, but she's more interested in that older, sexier, very scaly boy named Greft. Griff? Greft? Griff? This is Greg. the thirstiest chapter. Ooh, Delali. Golly, what a day. There's some description of other members of the party, but honestly, Timera could have been describing the babies from Rugrats for as far as I can tell. Anyway, she's obviously got a thing for the new boy, and he's playing the cool bad boy vibe. I don't really get along with other people. And after a few days, you'll be at each other's throats. You know, like a woke college kid talking like he's a grizzled veteran of a thousand adventures. Tats catches on, and he's like, that's bullshit. But Griff throws it right back at him double, saying, you know what? The only normal person would, who would join this group has done something really fucking bad. You probably a murderer, you bitch. And Tats is... Obviously, he likes Timera, but how many teens do you know who could stand up to a 25-year-old biker lizard? <laughs> Tats retreats, and Greft makes a move on Timera. Now I'm retreating from this chapter. The chapter ends with a letter to Detozi and Eric from a third beekeeper. Ooh. It's a fucking narc named Kim. <laughs> And I assume she is telling them to stop sending letters without paying for them. Because they're sending letters to each other. Like, you know, like, lovesick, whatever. Anyway, I hope Kim paid for the letters she sent. Fucking Kim. Fucking Karen right there. I'm done. I'm crying. Fucking dark. What a cunt. <laughs> She's like, so bitter. She's hard. probably been single her whole life. She doesn't even know what love She's is. She's not getting letters. I got your I got your bird by mistake, and I noticed that you're uh, writing letters to each other. And, the rules uh, say that you're not allowed to that. piggyback, and you have to pay for your postage. And are you paying for your postage? I don't think you are. <laughs> Nobody ever sent me an illegal letter. Not one. Not once. Also, are there like lines of drama. other backup pigeon people? Like, if they if they fired Eric and Detozi, like how many other people are qualified to manage these pigeons? His his apprentice. So we get one. <laughs> you don't feel like her nephew would or. Their nephew, I mean, who are we kidding? We know it's her. Would, like, be, have, like, be shamed and not eligible because of their bad behavior? Guilty by association? Mm. What's Kim gonna do? Send letters to herself? (laughs) Kim's a bitch. I was like, I, I almost sent you guys a screenshot of that letter, and I had crossed out Kim and wrote Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my goodness, I'm a compliance manager, and even I would let that pass. <laughs> Karen of Kasserick. 
Karen. <laughs> Karen the Lonely. <laughs> so what do we think on the hotness scale about Grift? Okay. Tats has him beat by a fucking mile. He's just not as, like, grizzled as him, so... I think Tats is, like, the muscly one. I think he's, like... You know, if you're... if This is a YA novel. You think he's, like, the jock and Greft is, like, the... Like Eli described him, the the bad biker boy? Yeah, the bad boy. That looks like a lizard. Didn't she say she has more dangly bits? Yes, than like he a was. He has no lips. Okay, y'all. He's covered full up in scales. He ain't got no lips, and he's got dangly bits all over his jawline. Like, how is that the winning attraction? I don't understand. Because there's another one that looks just like Voldemort. What's his name? <laughs> his nostrils have like spread so that he has like a lizard face. So, in comparison. I just, I think I clearly am biased. Tats, 100% all the way forever. Team Tats. Him. Yes. But Team Tats. I, I, and you know, Tats was classy. Like, thigh Tats. He, we call it he thigh like, Tats. He like know. leaned. I was going to say, what's their shift name? Thigh Tats? <laughs> Tats was cool because he just kind of like leaned up on her and it's just kind of like, you know, doing that, which is way more fun and you get way more butterflies in your stomach. Gref. She was like, why the fuck are you yeah, in my lap? Yeah, just like straight up puts his hand on her thigh. Like, no. He's a, and, he's a, and he nagged her. He nagged her. Sorry. Not cool at all. I don't like his vibe. He's too fresh. Just because he's like, looks grosser than you do doesn't, doesn't mean that he's the best you can get. <laughs> no. no. Well, and when is she going to give up on this idea that just because she was born with claws that she's like banished from having a significant other because that's got to go out the window soon yeah because like look i mean I, that's I the one valid comparison but look at sylvie like sylvie got way got it way worse even though she was born normal enough to be kept yeah so like yep there was another girl in the group though there is they just didn't realize that she was a girl. oh yeah oh yeah there's a jack Pitch black. <laughs> Lizard Jack. Lizard Jack. <laughs> Not well, Jack. Jack. Pitch Jack. black. Never mind. Okay. It's fine. Well, apparently there's a lot of like muscly, you know, horse women who like hang out in Trahog bars. So I'm sure I mean, she had a these good time. people are off to take care of dragons. I think that anyone, anyone who's physically capable is going to have an easier job of it. Hopefully. <laughs> or they just look Rapskull's just gonna offer the dragon a blue blanket and hope for the best <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rapskull we're gonna be best it's gonna be friends. like I have this blue blanket for you and she's gonna be like I hate the fucking color blue <laughs> <laughs> that's Tintaglia blue that bitch she abandoned Yo. us um uh, how dare Cedric insult Tarman? <laughs> <laughs> Not fit. Not fit to lick his deck. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my thing is like, does it float? 
because like that's pretty much the only qualifier to fucking go up this janky ass river like it's it floats and it's not going to be eaten by acid yeah. right but he has to like sleep in like the bo cover i do like i feel for him when he says that he can smell the other person on his pillow i'm like okay that's gross that's like yeah i've i've been on that train oh <laughs> Do you think that, like, he, I mean, he would hate Thick because Thick is, like, you know, a, not a, you know. Because Thick spills his food down the front of normal... his shirt. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, you're also dirty and gross and, you know, and not up to my level. But, you know, they could bond over their hatred of gross boats. Yeah, they could. Although he doesn't hate boats. He just doesn't want to, he just wants the, like, good life. He's anti-barge, and I won't stand for it. What's nicer than a live ship? Yeah, like, right? this is the Cadillac of of river barges. Well, I don't <laughs> think he's comparing it to other river barges. I think he's comparing it to that nice ship he was supposed to be on the fast. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You can put a rug down. It's just that Tarman doesn't like it. <laughs> really? We just have to remember <laughs> that... It's not. It doesn't have There's anything somebody. to do with his surroundings or anything that's going on. All he's thinking about is Hest being with that other hot little piece of ass on yeah. his trip, and so he's never going to yep. be in a good mood. Do you think do like that he has keeps an just... always an always? Uh, mar- do you think like yeah. Hest has just like a, a box? I'm full sure. Of them all, they all, they <laughs> he's going to get one that says forever. One says always. One says. But it's going to say yeah. four, the number four and then E V A. <laughs> <laughs> did like his obsession with describing the like sheet hanging between the rest of i know the he did bring that up a couple of times s- it's like swarge or do you also want a well, sheet is the sheet not enough swarge and his wife deserve some kind of privacy but are they having relations with just a sheet dividing them from everybody because that's not enough yes probably i think that's implied that's yeah. not yes. enough that's we need a we need a sturdy door <laughs> You know, it doesn't matter what the door is. Tarman is still there. (laughs) Maybe he likes it. Maybe he does. Maybe he gets his jollies. Yeah, everyone on the ship is for life. So you know what? They they, they have no. They're they're gonna have to get used to it. I guess. There's, I mean, yeah, there, there's probably no, like, ego left. <laughs> Except for Leftern, who gets his own, his own room. To give away to every lady that joins the, the crew for a day. He'll be like, well, at smell, least somebody appreciates her, her freckles. Wait, say that again? <laughs> you said at least someone appreciates her freckles. <laughs> And he'll be smelling her on his pillow for weeks. I was just gonna say he's totally gonna be a pillow sniffer. He's gonna he's just gonna yeah. smell that thing till there's nothing left. Spoilers. Uh. Uh. <laughs> it's kind of cute, but also like extremely pathetic too. There like are the entire so chapter. Many romance tropes just laying there for us. I to mean, the up. only other female on this boat for is his niece, so he's. Like, of course he's Gaga. Are you kidding me? There's like, there's like four muscle-bound ladies rowing. No! I thought it was, 
the niece, it's just... the niece and uh, Homeslice's lady friend. Those mm. are the only two ladies. Yeah, that's Ellen, it. Yeah. There's only like five people on board. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? Edo, who's gigantic. No, it starts with a B, Ida. doesn't it? Oh. Like Bellin or something like that. No, Bellin is is Swarth's Swarth's wife. I don't think Big Eider is, is female. I will say this about the the dragon team, the keepers. I feel like this definitely yeah. has the potential to be like a Lord of the Flies situation, and that makes me a little nervous. <laughs> oh yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I thought. It's not going to be the ragtag sports team story. No, definitely be like <laughs> somebody's going to get killed, and ducklings. yeah, it's going to be Piggy's going to lose his glasses. It's not going to be good. Oh no! There, there was a time when there was a group of schoolboys that actually did get shipwrecked, and they created a functional society, and like everybody was like taking part because they knew. The only way they survive is if they work together. So most of the time, unless I did read that, it was like in yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. So let's say, had they read Lord of the Flies, and they were like, "We're not going to." I do think that. it's actually this goes back to when Jenny brought up that reality show that none of us watched. Oh, we still oh, need to watch that, that together. Oh, Alyssa also did. knew about yeah. it. Yeah, Kid, Kid Nation. Kid Nation. Yeah. Kid Nation. Yeah, for the most part, where it was so with. I think kids of that so age without range. drama they had yeah. some manual. But once they get into the teen yeah. years, hell yeah, they'll murder each other. <laughs> Teens are uh, idiots. Well, I th- yeah, I think you're right. I think that clearly, like some of these people, this was their last resort. Some of these people have an agenda. Yeah. We will see how it goes. We shall see. And we will see if Kim fucking Kim <laughs> walloped. If we if she stopped all of our letters, I'm going to be. They, it, it can't be. It can't be. I think we need a new. <laughs> we need a new T-shirt design that just says it. "fucking narc." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe her interference will like bring some clarity to you know their their situation and then it can be like a lady de borg like well you know lady de borg has been like with her insistence that we stop has been a amazing use to us and she does love to be of use <laughs> or they just draw like a picture of like an asshole and then mail that <laughs> oh yeah just draw a penis like a real rough <laughs> you know one of those real quick pen drawings of a dick and just send it to her <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want you to feel left out, so we're giving you some cords. Send the pigeon that knows how to say a bad word. It'll just say "eat a bag" and then a picture of a dick. <sighs> okay, every episode prompts this: be my crew, character introductions, and exit. So we met some new dragon keepers. Got some dragon yeah, names. Graft. Yep, we got to, we got some cameos for some old faves. Yeah, yeah. And goodbye to Thimera's parents. I mean, no loss of her mother. This but... isn't the last we've heard. We've heard of Jareth because we got his name. So I feel like he's gonna make a comeback somehow. 
Okay. He might secretly just be like a hundred yards behind them in the woods, just creeping like, <laughs> along. While we're starving to death, and a deer just popped up out of nowhere. There's a dead deer in our camp. How did that get there? He's probably like, I don't want to be with my Jared. fucking wife alone. He's like, my child was my buffer. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. She might start calling me home for weird purposes. She probably is going to call me home. She's awful. She needs to get a job. <laughs> Speaking of jobs, shady business adventures. Who is being shady? Greft. Not very shady. Yeah. Leftron, he's done Ben shady, keep on being shady. He's like delightfully shady. <laughs> the, the little like the the little like uh four sentences that he was in my chapter where it's like him and uh Swarge and they're like, Oh, doing crime, <laughs> stuff's happening. And then they just like smile at each other and then, like, <laughs> and see. smile at the camera and see. <laughs> But dreaming of dreaming of flying, yeah, man. Cool. <laughs> like, All right. This method we got is really good. <laughs> I'm like, this was a super necessary scene that I'm really happy. I doubled back on it. I'm like, wait a second, did I like? Because on a Kindle, sometimes I'll like double click a page and not realize it because it was just so short. It was literally like two sentences. Yeah. I guess it's supposed to show that they're on the move. Why do we think that? Uh... That Tarman was nervous because he was coming closer to or Paragon. coming closer to the dragons. That was I. I thought I was assuming it was because he was going to see the dragons, but I mean, he they seem to make trips up there. I don't know. Uh... I mean, do, do, does he normally go up up to Kassarik? I yeah, think that I think route. that either way you're right like what you're getting at like he's he's afraid someone's going to notice the changes mm. the changes this plank of wood it's not just any plank of wood uh more than meets of, the googly eyes what a tangle <laughs> what are those dragons doing we didn't really get any dragons I mean they decided that they're going to go they're like get us the fuck out of here they they convinced Centaurs humans to people. Yeah. Markor is still in charge. They convinced humans to take them to a city. I like that they're just like, whoa, but how will we convince them to help us? And she's like, we're gonna lie, motherfucker. We gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> we're gonna lie. Speaking of shady. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's funny that they're like, yeah, who gives a shit how we get our way as long as we get our way? There's uh, boats. Why are they great? Because they watch your children for yeah. you while you tell off your guests. <laughs> babysitter. They can float. Can you float? I can't float. I can float on my back. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> They're I'm almost fine. centaurs. Bring it <laughs> up again. <laughs> they hold stuff. That's cool. Fun fact: I, discussions. I tried to be a lifeguard when I was eighteen, and I barely passed the like float on your back or like tread water <laughs> test. I like just sink. I could. I can barely oh, float. Man. 
It's so just, much work. I oh no, telling us all your weakness. Yeah. You're just you're I could too not be small. on a water polo team. Right to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so no boats. To me, for that's you. like the key thing of like you don't get to swim in the ocean at the beach unless you can float on your back. Because if you get caught by a rip current, you got to be able to just float and go with it and not fight it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd be dead. I can swim really fast, but I cannot float with shit i gotta be going forward like a shark yeah i'm a sh- <laughs> exactly i'm a shark dismantling the patriarchy badassery animal husbandry and expired fashions from jamelia we did get some fashions we did time. i loved when leftron was like look at this dandy with his fucking lace collar and his lace cuffs <laughs> And his blue silk his shirt. Long jacket. He did he check him out for like a minute. He was checking him out for a little bit. And it went, I did call him fit. This is like the thirstiest guy I've ever heard of. He's just like, anybody gets hey. on the ship, gotta check him out. Bisexual lectern. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe the amount of lace that, you know, Cedric was wearing was legitimately like, is that a dude? Is that a dude? <laughs> Under all that lace, I can't tell. Okay, no, that's a dude. Okay. I felt like he was like, yeah, that guy looks hot. Wait a, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> He's got, yeah, no, he doesn't work at all. Yep, I don't, I don't see any calluses. No, too much lace. But this lady over here, now that is, that is way too many skirts for this shit. It's so high fashion, editorial. <laughs> you can clothe I, eight I, other women I died at the petticoat scene where it's like she did a little hop and he saw a petticoat and he was woo, petticoat Ooh, swooning <laughs> well you know but the patriarchy we just threatened to accidentally threatened to out them and then you get what you yeah. want <laughs> And I do appreciate, I know that Cedric may have been, like, trying to, like, help Alice in saying, like, no, don't turn around. Like, keep going. You don't want, you want to be able to go back to Hess and be like, I did it. But it was also just, like, him being super spiteful, which I greatly appreciate. Yes. I like I like a good amount of spite in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll show um, you. I can get the dragon bits. I like that Thaymara wasn't necessarily, um intimidated by the traitor's council she was more just kind of like disappointed <laughs> <laughs> that that these were like the people running society yeah. and everything well, and she's welcome like welcome to the club this is yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but you know she was not she was not intimidated like she might have felt a little bit out of her element but she walked out of there knowing exactly what she was going to do next yeah she was mostly out of her element because she was too close to the ground. <laughs> She's like, this big sturdy building does not make me feel safe. <laughs> the it way could I could just collapse on, on you. I'd rather the fall dirt. than drown in the mud. I mean, honestly. The river can get me here. Uh, and then, all, of course, R.I.P. has shirts. At least three of them due to cigarettes. <laughs> You cannot Ashes. smoke while driving. You just can't. There's always going to be blowback. <laughs> it's just not a wise choice. You cannot smoke while wearing expensive silk shirts. Yeah, I mean, you don't... 
I don't get the smell out. I mean, I'm just thinking, yeah, you know, you think about, like, a couple burn marks on a sleeve. I mean, like, what would Cedric make of Fitz? He would just cry. <laughs> <He'd be> like, <laughs> he wouldn't be able to tell the difference between him and Lefkrin. He'd be like, well, there's one caveman and there's another caveman. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the fool would be standing next to him, like, just swooning. Uh-huh. Like, I don't get well, it. <laughs> Look how beautiful. Right? We just need to hook up Cedric and the Fool. No. no. <laughs> Cedric is no fit. Disagree. Just for like a they quick little each- like like a like a three day kind of thing. They like can, a fling. They can commiserate like a fling. over shirts. You know, I didn't I didn't get um Cedric's opinion on Paragon's face. Did we get that? No. He just, the whole time, he was like, I I would like to go, too. And they're like, well, you're not invited. Yeah. <laughs> just wants to talk to her. And then when he got rejected, he was very anti-Paragon. <laughs> <laughs> he was like... He would have swooned, though. I think don't, so. Don't stand so close. Don't stand. Don't stand so close. Uh, okay, well, reminder, our next reading section will be chapters 10 through 14. We are uh, officially now halfway through this book, what? by the way. They are not very oh, long. Oh, God. The chapters are long, but there are really? not many chapters. Yeah. Oh, really? That's interesting. Bananas. Yes. Halfway through. Get ready. Is that right? In true Robin Hobb fashion. Wow. So it's the next section where everything happens? <laughs> uh, yeah, so next section will be 10 through 14 this has been buckkeep radio you can email us at buckkeep radio at gmail let us know if we can read your email on air maybe i'm rachel you can find me at darth rachel on twitter and darth underscore rachel on instagram i'm Alyssa, and i'm located at alissamaynard.com i'm jenny and you can find me at faceless fry on instagram i'm eli and you can find me at chewy bread cosplay on instagram this is ashley you can find me on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I'm Elena. You can find me at Hello. Hello. Did you see the fan art that I sent you? I did. Okay, good. Yeah, I thought it was Rapscal. Like that's. Oh yeah, and uh, and what what's his name? Teltor, Teltor, Tel. It's a very Lord of the Rings name. (laughs) Very elfy. Yeah. Um, I just thought that I thought it was cool. I have no idea who. I. Found it randomly while I was googling stuff, so I don't know who made it. So I, I'm not gonna post it. But it's yeah, I tried to reverse image search it, and nothing came up. So, how'd you find it? I don't know. I was looking <laughs> up. I think I was trying to find lists, a list of the names of all the keepers for notes, 
and oh. somehow I clicked on the wrong thing, and then I was like, what's this? This looks interesting. <laughs> <laughs> looks pretty gay. Yeah. So it's cool. Uh, so what was my, what was I going to talk about today? Um, I put one thing, but okay, it's like it. nothing. <laughs> it's just in, in the chapter where maybe Thymara's mother pushed her. It describes that she has the brief sensation of flying and my baby gets wings. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that is nice little foreshadowing. It's good. I like that. It's a rewarding part about rereading these for the first time. I think also that because they're so much shorter, the structure of them is a little bit more apparent for mm. me. Um, Would you rather have three huge books or four normal size books? Well, I, you know, more is more. So I, it's more impressive if I say I can read four, if I read four books <laughs> in like a month. So Meet your Goodreads one. goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I did want to talk a little bit about Teletor eventually, but I don't think I think that I'm gonna wait until we're some somewhere maybe in second or third book when it's like more thematically appropriate. Yeah, I but hardly remember. Yeah. I find it incredibly fascinating as a way to show well, especially if you look at the the final trilogy and there's a lot of identity mixing and, like, the fact that, like, Night Eyes, like, lives inside of, like, B for a little bit and mm. here's another version of this magic. Uh, and it's not quite as positive an experience as... It's the bad... It's like the woman and the deer, you know, but it's, like, the skill version of it. So... Yeah. Yeah. So I... I I found it really, really interesting. And sad, but... It is cool, though. Yeah. I, it also made me think of the uh, that one game, the, the Lord of the Rings game, the, the Middle Earth... Shadow of Mordor? Shadow of Mordor, yeah, where you're, you basically just get, like, taken over by an evil elf. <laughs> oh, like, yeah! Stuff. Oh, I've never played it, but I've heard good things. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. Too. Um, I also want to talk about oh the dragons. Okay, so Hebe is Shriver. So Hebe is Shriver, right? <laughs> I think so. Hebe's a simple one, right? And then Cesaria. Plenty wiki. Yeah, I'm like, well, me. <laughs> oh, no, status deceits. Yeah, Hebe doesn't remember anything. Yeah, because he's simple. And then, I don't know. Maybe she's Hebe, or maybe she's gone. Kind of blurry. Yeah, so I think I think Shriver makes it, and Malkin makes it, and Sus. Cesuria Tejere doesn't make it. I think out of out of that trio. If I'm wrong, please email me. And a human waded into the water at her funeral and carried her to eat her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny because they're all 
so shocked and horrified by it. <laughs> and I mean, it is shocking and horrifying. But oh yeah, if this happened in real, I would be laughing. But they just yeah, like, crack me up. They're like, did you hear about it? And everyone, I just feel like the whole time I'm like, that's Centara. Centara did that. Centara doesn't even think about it. No, she doesn't give a shit. She's moved on. <laughs> she doesn't even remember that happening anymore. No guilt. Oh, to be a dragon. Uh, oh, to be the shittiest possible version of yourself and still think you're the best fucking thing in the world. Unrepentant. Yes. No one's like me. I, uh... Maybe we should, like, come up with, like, a new religion. Dragonism. Ooh. A cult. <laughs> a cult. <laughs> just what elderlings are we'll do body mods okay lots of like little piercings with like (laughs) scaly (laughs) stuff i'm very impressionable i'm craving stability please yeah whatever you want (laughs) cool glow in the dark tattoos eyes that glow we've got oh boy oh Oh my yeah. fucking god. <laughs> really? That's like I'm screaming. It's so horrible when he's a, an adult. I know. That's like when I thought that like someone had named my dad dad and when I was like little and I was like what a stupid thing to name <laughs> somebody. It's the same. So weird. I guess you had to be a dad if your name is dad. Yeah, no choice. I I just don't know what they're where they're going with that. I kind of feel like that that is a nickname from real life for I someone. Like, isn't there another boyo in these books in live shit? Or hmm. it's I remember it boyo. Is it it's the same, same boyo? Same, but before boyo was born. Is it the same boyo? Am I mixed up? Did that you mean like they called like Clef Boy or something? I mean they called Fitz Boy when he was when he was young, but not Boyo. Hmm. Eh. I don't know. This is not in my mind. My brain is just smooth as <laughs> untouched winter snow. Like <laughs> so I can be remembering this wrong, but I thought it was was another character oh, somewhere that no. like Althea did not know. And it was Boyo, and I don't know. It's like Hest. There's another Hest. Oh, wait. Maybe. What are these names that Hob gets fixated on? Why is it Boyo? I've wasted your time. (laughs) I've wasted Audacity's time. Audacity is in... I'm mad at it right now, because it fucked around with my... Oh my god, Boyo. (gasps) A man calling himself Boyo silently. Oh my god. You have really? a good memory. Oh my god, I thought it was nuts. <laughs> man, what does he do? He's an old blood. Silently we listened to our guests discuss the direction of the conversation and if they thought the queen was truly listening to them. There were two old bloods, a man calling himself Boyo and a woman using the name Silver Eye who are particularly vocal. These are the the shitty the shitty piebalds and golden fool. Huh. So that's interesting because they have no connection to Paragon whatsoever. No. <laughs> so oh, I thought there might be something there. 
Well, it did exist. Unless unless th- that boyo was not. I have no idea. Wow. What is with the the reusing names? So Hest. Yes. Boyo. Definitely. There's another one. Hod, not Hod. <laughs> Who's the other one? It's like another um, H name. I feel like. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Lots of. <laughs> Just to confuse them. Just to confuse them. <laughs> yeah, like, does it make the world more believable because everyone is named, like, I was going to say Chester, but I don't know anyone named Chester. There's no one. <laughs> no one in real life or in fiction named Chester. But, like, like Jane and Mary and, like, but does it make the world believable or is it just annoying? Right. Like, the fact that my English class alone in high school had six Rachels. Oh, yeah. God. Yes. Brittany. We had to go by numbers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That wasn't humanizing. I would just call you by your last name at that point. I couldn't because there were so many of our last names. Oh. So. Did, were you homeschooled? Is, and you all named Rachel. <laughs> no. Just I'm just cracking name. a joke. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> homeschooled with a thousand other Rachels. <laughs> they are all your sisters. They're all my sisters. Uh, that is such a good memory. There is another boyo. Wow. I'm but without as you. <laughs> but without a hyphen. So that is oh. a different. One, and also one is an adult and evil and one is a, a baby. Precious live ship blessed bairn. Yes. Who grows up to do some other stuff so that Para comes and be like, where's my boyo? Oh, my boyo. <laughs> I made you some soup, boyo. Come home. <laughs> Come I know you don't like to spend time with me anymore. He's having a gap year. Leave him alone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's it. Uh, that re- that re- I can't top that revelation. Maybe it's <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I rest my case. Okay. Court is adjourned. Next, hopefully, no, I probably won't have it by the next recording, but I, I really want, I'm hoping I get the new illustrated version soon so that I can feast on the photos, the illustrations. Verity. A verity. That's not, that's not what I care about at all, and you know it. <laughs> but Verity's your favorite character, Rachel. <laughs> uh, all right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.